0: This episode of No Bad Food is brought to you in part by Whiskey Lane. Are you a producer of artisan food or drinks? Looking to get your name out there? Look no further. Whiskey Lane's team of social media, branding, and marketing experts is here to help. They'll take care of all that stuff for you so that you can focus on doing what you do best, making awesome products for your customers. Here at No Bad Food, we know that buying locally made products goes a long way toward making our world more sustainable, and that's why we're proud to be sponsored by Whiskey Lane. So, what are you waiting for? Grab your nearest artisan cheese or homebrewed IPA and run to whiskeylane.ca to find out more. And remember, that's Whiskey the Canadian way, without an E. Oh, you understand. It just takes- Before we dig in, I'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where I'm recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember when the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. Obviously, if you are anywhere in North America this week, uh, you are probably very aware of the recent news, the recent findings uh, at the various sites of canadian residential schools if you are not aware of this uh basically the canadian residential school system um was a horrible racist genocidal project that the canadian government and also a lot of churches participated in um that really only ended like 20 years ago maybe where they basically took a bunch of indigenous children and put them in these schools that were kind of boarding schools and forced them to learn to assimilate into, you know, the settler context, uh, and killed a lot of them in the process and, and tore families apart. Um, and in the past couple of weeks, um, they have been discovering lots and lots of mass graves at a lot of these residential school sites. And, uh, so as we, you know, as we're approaching Canada Day, uh, maybe don't celebrate it this year, because, uh, really we shouldn't be celebrating it any year, but this year it feels especially distasteful to celebrate a nationalistic holiday when the, you know, nation that it celebrates is one that committed genocide within our lifetime. <laughs> That's the, the plain and simple of it. Uh, don't celebrate Canada Day this year. Maybe also think twice about celebrating the 4th of July. Similarly bad. Anyway... That's where I'm at today. Uh, it's been a heavy couple of weeks, but you know, we are here to talk about food. We are here to talk about the joy of food. So let's get into it. June is Pride Month, which means that it's a time of year where queer voices are being amplified and celebrated more than usual. And for me, this is the first year that I have been fully out during Pride, so in light of that I wanted to do something special to celebrate. This whole month I've been talking to friends from all ends of the acronym about a type of food that I love almost as much as I love being queer. Barbecue. I think there's not enough representation in the food media scene of queer folks, especially when it comes to cooking meat over fire, because cooking meat over fire is a thing that, for whatever reason, has been branded as macho and masculine for a super long time. So I'm here to change that by bringing you this mini-series about barbecue, queerness, and the ways that loving food can help us love ourselves. This is LGBBQ. I don't have a thesis for this series beyond queer people can like barbecue too, my main goal here is really just to have these conversations with lovely people about a thing that we love, and if you're listening to this and you're queer and you've never felt like there's space for you in the world of barbecue, I hope that this series changes that. Okay, enough for me, let's get into it. My guest on this, the final installment of LGBBQ, is none other than Kendalyn Aldridge. Kendalyn is one of my co-hosts slash co-players over on Natural Toonie, Northern Treasures, Sapphire Springs Task Force, the Dungeons & Dragons campaign podcast that I host and DM. Uh, Kendallin is also a foodie like myself, spends a lot of time cooking uh, and lives in a place that is kind of known as, you know, Barbecue Central, really, if you think about it uh, in the states, the state of Texas. Now, I don't know, based on that sound that Kendallin just made. You're
1: gonna have some fighting comments in there, like from Mississippi to Tennessee, like, Sure We'll we'll get into this later
0: (laughs) But you know regardless of which state Really has the right to call itself The capital of barbecue,
1: barbecue
0: Texas certainly is synonymous with barbecue
1: Okay, I'll give you that. All
0: debates aside, when you think Texas, you think barbecue. Uh, so I thought it would make a lot of sense for you to be the person who kind of wraps this up for us. So, Kendallin, thank you so much for joining me on No Bad Food.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for having me back. Um, I was like, you are saying, like, when you think of Texas, you think of barbecue. It's like uh, I think people think of Stetsons, cows, <laughs> conservative political views, and a bad power grid. So I, just, I don't know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, it's multifaceted, certainly. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so so tell me about, uh, you know, I always like to give my guests a chance to contextualize themselves within the, you know, context of the conversation. And obviously, during LGBTQ, we're talking about, you know, queerness and barbecue. So uh, how would you paint us a little picture of yourself in relation to queerness and barbecue?
1: Cool. Well, I'll start with the barbecue stuff first, and it'll lead into the, the queerness. If you remember from the uh, Find Yourself in Food episode, I have mentioned that my... I have a really interesting multicultural background, especially to barbecue, because my mom grew up, was born, and grew up in Mississippi. She also lived in Kansas for a little bit, and uh, my grandmother and grandfather settled some at some point in Tennessee. Hmm. So I grew up with many facets of barbecue because pork barbecue is not a texan thing but it right. is a mississippi thing but i grew up with pulled pork sandwiches and uh, i was at my grandparents my, gr- my grandmother's the other weekend last weekend i think and we she made coleslaw even though we weren't having barbecue we we're having liver she still made coleslaw for my mom because she was making having a pulled pork sandwich um and i grew up in texas so i grew up on brisket ribs Tex-Mex food. I guess that's not really barbecue, but that's all I'm thinking. Sure. Surpri- surprisingly enough, like brisket's my favorite. I love brisket, but I'm not 100% a big barbecue person. Okay. Which makes sense because I identify as demi pan or demisexual pansexual, which for those who don't know, demisexual means I can't I actually cannot make any develop any sexual attraction for another party unless I know them very well or I have a deep connection for them. Mm-hmm. And I really... Over the past two years, I have found out that my attraction goes beyond gender, mm-hmm. um, which makes so much sense because uh, as a child... Not child. As a teenager, stuff, I was always really attracted to the flamboyant guys. And I was also really, really naive, so I didn't have a gaydar, if that's okay to say. Sure. <laughs> um, but it makes sense because I love guys who express their feminine side. Mm-hmm. So they're they're not strictly male. I don't care what's in your pants, but if we develop a connection, I hope to be the thing that is in your pants.
0: Right. <laughs> so so hang on. I want to circle back to something because you you said that you, you know, grew up on brisket and ribs and you love yes. you love brisket, but you don't really, you know, love barbecue uh, as a I, whole and you use that to segue into being like Demi Pants? Yes. So I'm really I'm curious about like what you see that relationship between those two I see being. that
1: relationship because I think one it, I'm just I live in a state that's just oversaturated in barbecue. Sure. I think that that's that's the thing one. And I use that as a segue because I have a weird connection to my side of the family now, so I don't do a lot of barbecue now. Mm-hmm. And which makes a lot of sense like if I what I said if like I am with me being demisexual if I don't have a connection to something I'm not going to indulge in it
0: oh and... there we go so the barbecue is sex yes okay 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 <laughs> I can get behind it's,
1: that <laughs> it's sex I because I, when I first came out as just demisexual I was about 15 or 16 mm-hmm. My family is super conservative. My cousin, oh, I, I sorry. So there's a video by Evan Edinger talking about gay sexuality. It was the first time I heard it. It's like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. Because my, as most people in high school, people were going, oh, who's your celebrity crush? Mm-hmm. Who, do, who do you have this of the <clears throat> these people in the color guard? visiting, which one are you attracted to? And I'd be like, no one. And they'd be like, oh, you have to be attracted to somebody. So when I found out that demisexuality existed, I was like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. Right. But my cousin looked at me and was like, that doesn't exist. So my coming out was immediately invalidated and I, did, I stopped thinking about it for 10 years. Right. <laughs> and again, like over the past like two years, I, I came out to my boyfriend as possibly being bi last year, exactly last year. But it never sat right with me, mm. so I just didn't go with a label until like this year. It's like, oh, pansexual makes a lot more sense. Sure. But um, in terms of barbecue, barbecue takes a lot of time, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> but it's a good thing. Like I love brisket, and brisket takes about at minimum eight hours to do. Right. And like I find like that's the same way with me in like relationships. Mm. I I may have a start. I have been think going back in my head because I can experience physical. Uh, physical attraction, like not sexual be like, but I could see someone and be like I want to get to know them better because I want to <laughs> develop sexual attraction but sure, that yeah. doesn't and that's kind of what it is with barbecue. I love brisket but I have to put in the time mm-hmm. to get to know the process, get to know how to cook, the time the timing and it's going to be frustrating it's going to be hard but at the end of the day I'm going to develop, develop a connection in what I'm cooking mm. and it's going to be so good
0: I love that. I I think that's a really fun way to look at that, too, of, like, good things do sometimes take time, right? Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, that's not to say that, like, uh, (laughs) this is kind of a, a fun sort of parallel. Like, I am someone who... I saw, like, a chart going around a little while ago that was, like, a sliding scale from, like, you know, are you, like entirely straight entirely gay or somewhere in the middle how do you you know identify do you identify entirely as male entirely as female somewhere in the middle how do you present the same kind of thing and then it got further down and at one point it was how like sexual are you and there was like asexual so like completely you know uninterested in sex and then on the other end of the spectrum hypersexual and I was thinking about I was going through that list and I was like I think I am a like hypersexual person but I'm also a like fairly romantic person and one of the other sliders was like, are you aromantic or, you know, hyper romantic? And I was like, oh, this is interesting. I'm hyper romantic and hypersexual. So for me, <laughs> it kind of relates to the way that I see food, where I'm like, you know, I totally super duper would love to spend eight hours, you know, making a brisket and then eat that brisket and enjoy the time and work that goes into that. And I see that as a romantic thing. But at the same time, I'm extremely into, you know, throw this burrito in the microwave and, you know, <laughs> go to town on it a minute later. And I think that that's a really fun sort of, uh, I, I'd never thought of it in those kinds of terms before, so I appreciate you, like, bringing that perspective. I think that's really cool.
1: Yeah, ne- next year you could be, like, you can put out, like, a meme, like, tell me your sexuality by the food you cook. I love that. <laughs> no, but, like, I'm, I'm looking through my stuff and, like, there's a weird, especially my, one of my relationship stuff with barbecue mm. is because i'm texan i grew up here in texas i grew up in the south i do not sound entirely southern half the time uh i don't look southern (laughs) either um for those who don't know i am i am chinese (laughs) um and it's kind of like this imposter syndrome like again if i get barbecue it's usually brisket i Mm i find ribs really messy sure <laughs> <laughs> um and i'm thinking in my head i really don't know that many barbecue stuff besides pulled pork and brisket i'm realizing this now Like i have a very limited and when i when i was younger like barbecuing we did family cookouts all the time like growing burgers again that's not barbecue but you know what i mean i would argue and... that it's
0: barbecue but i know oh, what you cool. mean. it's not texas barbecue
1: yeah cool <laughs> Then I, I love barbecue. I love burgers. Anyway. Um, but it's that it's idea of, you know, these events at the time were, like, really warm mm-hmm. and inviting and, like, familial and just nice. And nowadays, as, an, as a queer adult in the red state of Texas, it's in a conservative family who are both racist and homophobic, it's kind of like these are no longer safe places for me.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> at least in that sphere. Sure, yeah. And uh, there's a lot of gatekeepers that's the best way i can put it mm-hmm. in the lgp LGBT, lgbtqs plus IA <laughs> i a community there's so many letters now which is good but I, I i feel like we need a moniker of some some kind it it gets now, hard to
0: <laughs> i like to lovingly refer to it as the acronym or just oh, as the I, queer I've community. Heard people
1: call it like the alphabet <laughs> mo- mafia
0: Oh, that's kind of fun, but that makes us sound a lot more violent than we are.
1: Yeah, people. a lot of people don't like, so I don't like saying it, but at the same time, I have the ac- acronym is a good one. I like that one. <laughs> the rainbow acronym. But um, a lot of people in the rainbow acronym, they some of them don't recognize asexuals mm-hmm. or demisexuals. Again, when I w- thought I was fully straight, because I've only really had straight relationships. Mm-hmm. I've loved, I have fallen for effeminate guys, but my presenting, I present, I look like I'm straight. I sound like I'm straight. And it's kind of until I really, really embraced loving more than what I embraced being attracted to more than one gender. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like um, every pride is almost like an imposter syndrome. Sure.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, that's tough. Can I be
1: con- can I be considered as gay or in the community if I've only really been? And obviously, the answer is yes, right? right. But yeah. if I was bi, then that would be a yes, right? But I'm not bi. I am asexual, and and it, well, okay. Some people don't. Some people put demisexuality outside of asexuality. I like to see it as a spectrum, like yeah, most things. Of course, um, I, I'm just clearing that up because yeah. you will see some people who talk about demisexuality outside of asexuality which is valid but it's also valid to say it is within that spectrum it's just (laughs) depending on what you want to do with it of course yeah because being just first off demisexual and not knowing that i have that i can be pan is was like every I was like am i actually gay
0: right do
1: i have any reason to really like Wave a I think la- last year was the first year that I actually told people publicly that I was demisexual and trying to embrace it.
0: Right. Well, that's, I, yeah, I can see that because it's, <laughs> it's tough because when you, you know, prior to realizing that, I can imagine that it would feel sometimes like, well, is this a sexuality thing or is this just a libido thing, right? And I think that, like,
1: uh, I mean... For me, for me it's definitely a sexuality thing. My, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> well,
0: that's
1: I it. will <laughs> say, in, in, in dating my boyfriend, because I know him, I was telling him the other day that... He's really one of the few people who knows me at 100%. Right. Like, I'm not, like, having to mince my words or hide a couple things here and there. He knows me full front and center. And, oh, my gosh. Like, I am... You would think I was not a demisexual or asexual with him because <laughs> it is definitely not a libido thing. It's definitely a sexual
0: <laughs> thing. <laughs> sure, yeah. Well, that's it, right? But I think that I think that to people on the outside of that, Right, They don't know the difference a lot of the time, right? So it makes sense to me that, like... like, I think that it is shitty that there's gatekeeping, but it makes sense to me that that ends up being a reaction because I think that, like, for for a lot of people, they hear that and they go like, oh, okay, well that's not like the same. And like, it's not the same, but nothing is the same. That's kind of the point. Exactly. Right? That's kind of the point of the queer community is that we're not the same. <laughs> and that's the point of the barbecue,
1: and tie it back, it's part of the, bar- the barbecue community, right? Yeah. Because, um, you know, my, when, I guess that's the, the from earlier in this episode, because, you know, like my barbecue that I have here. Yeah, people love it, but the city barbecue is a thing. Right? Yeah. South Carolina barbecue is a thing. And they're not, they're all different, but they're all so good. Right. Um, Korean barbecue is a thing. I Honestly, if I were to describe my sexuality as barbecue, probably it would be Korean barbecue because it's not the same. Sure. And it shouldn't be barbecue, but it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, this is interesting. So, So my kind of like, my kind of catch-all definition for barbecue is just anything that is, like, cooked over a flame.
1: I, I always thought that barbecue had, Like, for me, barbecue is something in sauce
0: on a flame. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, because that's interesting, because there I, <laughs> there are places that just do, like, dry rub, right? Like, you put the sauce on afterward.
1: Right. Yes. Which is why I like brisket, because there's not sauce on it. Right. I don't, I, I'm not a big condiment person. Um, I can... Um, if, you, if you had listened to the BBQ what top five that I did with tongue, you will learn that I am not a big mustard or mayonnaise. Right. Not that you put mustard or mayonnaise on, but it gives you an idea. My mom and grandmother, would every time they made pulled pork, mm-hmm. would have to put, a, put away a side of pulled pork that had no barbecue sauce on it because my sister and I refused to eat it.
0: <laughs> Interesting.
1: So I always think of barbecue as some kind of meat that's grilled or smoked mm-hmm. and eventually has sauce on it like that's sure. always how i felt <laughs> them
0: <laughs> that's interesting yeah i mean that, that's fair like i think for me something becomes barbecue when it is like wh- as soon as you can taste an amount of smoke i think that it is barbecue now obviously that that, that doesn't include just putting a drop of liquid smoke in your chili like i think that's <laughs> <No>. a, obviously <laughs> that's not barbecue but i think but that is if something chili is barbecue I think chili can be is barbecue. Lo- is
1: Sloppy Joe's barbecue?
0: I think Sloppy Joe's can be barbecue. I, I think that there there are so many things that can be barbecue, and that's See, what I, makes it beautiful.
1: This is the fun thing about being asexual I mean, in an asexual spectrum. Is this about sex? Is that
0: about <laughs> sex? Is, is barbecue about sex? Yeah, I once yes. a, when I was... Uh, a long time ago i went out for dumplings with uh, a couple of friends and uh at the end of the meal we got fortune cookies and one of the fortune cookies just said food is sex and i've thought about that for like 10 years because like yeah kind of a little bit it, like food is sex yeah it is a little bit it hits a different a different pleasure center but like yeah there's a there's a certain argument to be made that food is sex and i'm okay with it <laughs> If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so that you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. For every new rating and review I get during the month of June, I'll be donating $2 to Gender Creative Kids. Gender Creative Kids is an organization that aims to run workshops and community events for trans, non-binary, and gender-creative youth, providing gender-affirming gear educational tools, advocacy, and help for parents learning how to better adapt to their kids' changing needs. Having parents who are properly equipped and affirming of their gender identity is a really huge factor for improving the quality of life of trans kids, and you can learn more about what Gender Creative Kids is doing to help with that at the link in the description of this episode. Given that this show has been heavily focused on food for a while, uh, I noticed that a lot of our existing Apple podcast reviews are pretty outdated and still talk about it like it's a comedy show. So if you've already left a review in the past, maybe take this opportunity to go update it. Um, maybe use my correct pronouns as well, uh, while you're at it. I use they, them pronouns now, and a lot of our old reviews misgender me. So yeah, go leave a new review or update your old review because, uh, even updating old reviews is super helpful. Uh, and also I don't like being misgendered. Hooray! Hooray! If you haven't had a chance yet to listen to last week's episode with Gabrielle Vendette, do yourself a favor and go queue that up to listen to you after this one. We talk about coming out, exploring gender presentation through a pandemic, and the joys of digging into a fat rack of ribs. All right, that's enough for me. Let's get back to my conversation with Kendall and Aldrich. Let me ask you something, because so I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for barbecue in Texas, right? Uh, Because I got curious while we were talking about this about what the like, what is, what distinguishes Texas Texas barbecue, barbecue? right? And what I'm getting from Wikipedia is that there are different kinds of Texas barbecue, which makes sense because it's a big state. (sighs) So East Texas style meat is slowly cooked to the point that it's falling off the bone, typically cooked over hickory wood, marinated in a sweet tomato-based sauce. Central Texas, the meat is typically rubbed with just salt and pepper, uh, and then cooked over indirect heat from pecan, oak, or mesquite wood. Uh, sauce is considered unnecessary, but might be served on the side as a compliment. West Texas style, meat is cooked over direct heat, uh, similar to just grilling, and then South Texas style, it's marinated in a thick molasses-like sauce that keeps it moist after cooking. So... What part of Texas are you in, and which of those four sounded better to uh,
1: you? <laughs> I, I was looking at that, too. You know, I okay, so I live in Dallas County, which is East Texas. Mm-hmm. So it is, suffice to say, that most of the barbecue I eat here is um, the first one. Sure. Uh,
0: Pulled pork, brisket, falling off the bone. Uh, e-
1: yes, but I think it's also a mix of... I have to go back and look. So I was looking up Mississippi barbecue. If you want to look that up while I'm looking at the Texas barbecue. Sure. <laughs> um, Dallas is kind of weird because we are in the northeastern part of Texas, I think. Okay. Again, Texas is a huge state. It doesn't say pork in East East Texas. I will because I will say the pork pork barbecue is specifically not Texan.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: It, like because my mom has said this to me multiple times is pulled pork is very specifically not a barbecue Texas thing. You cannot get. Bar- BBQ pork in Texas. Interesting. Uh, we have to cook it ourselves. Right. So, so he said pork. And I was like really confused. Um, <laughs> I would say it's a mix between East and South. Like, cause I don't, other than like Spring Creek barbecue, I don't think I've ever really paid that much attention to the bar. Cause I don't go to just, I don't go to barbecues in the wild. Sure. No one invites me to barbecues in the wild. <laughs> um, <laughs> even pre pandemic. So, you know, and Dallas is kind of like a metropolitan mix of people. Mm-hmm. I I would probably say, I think I've had a little bit of everything. L- look at, I, I guess I would have to have more of a visual. Sure, yeah. The demisexual in me would have <laughs> to have more of a, a visual about this because I'm thinking of like, I've had dry rub stuff, right? And not that like anything is locked per region.
0: For sure, yeah. But
1: I think ribs might would be the only thing close to, no... You, okay, it really doesn't <laughs> matter. I don't. Now I'm gonna be thinking about this for the rest of the day. But no, my my boyfriend loves barbecue. Mm-hmm. He loves barbecue sauce. He ribs is one of his go tos for food. But it, it's it's very interesting because we, we both don't identify as straight.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's really Bar- interesting. Like, <laughs> so uh, the reason I asked you which of those like styles of barbecue you kind of feel most connected to is because I think that there is something to be said for like. You're not always going to feel the strongest connection to the place that you live, right? And I think especially with barbecue, you know, just like you were saying about the queer community where there's a lot of gatekeeping, I think there's a lot of gatekeeping in the barbecue world as well, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: and even in these things that you've kind of said kind of in passing that like that's not real barbecue or like we don't do pork in Texas. Like these are these kinds of things are things that I okay. hear a lot, right? And I'm not I, this I is lied. not me Definitely telling you East-
1: apparently okay. like that. apparently, east texas does do pork ribs
0: okay
1: <laughs> I, was tr- well, I was trying to figure out what what barbecue what what style mm-hmm. brisket was
0: oh sure yeah well like, but that's the thing i think statement. yeah so 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 i think that like the thing that i find really interesting is like you know all these little phrases like we don't do pork in texas or you know barbecue that has sauce on it isn't barbecue or burgers aren't barbecue all these kind of things that get thrown around are sort of a little bit gatekeepy right they are and i think that's really interesting because you know maybe you will find people maybe there's a, a larger culture What am I trying to say? Maybe in any one given place, the kind of overall culture of barbecue is going to lean heavily in one direction or another, but you're definitely going to find people who, you know, like your mom who grew up not in Texas, you know, is going to have preferences for things Mm. that aren't, you know, typical Texas barbecue. And I think that that... I think that knowing that, trying to keep that in perspective, when we talk about the food that we like and when we talk about the styles of food that we love can be a really helpful tool for helping us remember that not everybody is going to always feel the same, not just about food, but also about, you know, who they're attracted to and how they're attracted Mm -hmm. to people.
1: And also, it's really interesting, like, you know, as we talk, there's so many different cultures, even in Texas with barbecue. And you got to remember, Texas is also like really close to the Mexican border. So there's like I was just reading in in the Wikipedia, like Barba... What's it
0: called?
1: Thank you. Um... (laughs) that um you know even that's a, a barbecue and it's very different and, sure. and that you can do in lamb you yep. it's not it extends past the pork and, <laughs> and beef but it's also really interesting that the culture that you are in can help not define the cooking but add to it like right. again the whole the beautiful thing about the rainbow acronym is just that like there's so many there's so many sexualities and so many sexualities we haven't discovered and or talked about and mm-hmm. it and, and, I, and i love this idea like you know if you are queer or you are in the rainbow uh, acronym you don't have to label yourself like you right you can make your own label i my my favorite thing with the is has been the loki memes <laughs> i i identify as bitch <laughs> i am glad that disney is Putting forth the representation. Sure. Yeah. I am not entirely happy with them waiting for it to be a viable cash cow.
0: Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that's a perfectly reasonable statement.
1: I, I'm, I'm still on board. I don't think they should change anything. But like, I have a friend who just won't wrap her hand her head around it. But Loki and Thor are Norse gods that exist way, way, way outside of the Marvel universe, right? right. So, and he's always been gender fluid, so they're just now doing it so right. but again that's not the point but the the idea is like you know <clears throat> and has, there's no nothing invalid like the idea not the company there's nothing invalidating you from for taking a long time to discover your identity sure even like and then thing that's like when i talk about the loki thing with people i think people think i'm just pulling at straws and wanting to bitch about something and it's more <laughs> of like no, but like it's very different from someone who has been in the closet. Like there's I'm not saying oh they were in the closet for years and now they just come out when it's convenient. That's different. Of course. Cuz that's a personal choice.
0: Yeah. But for, for Disney to take this character who is not an original character they created, who historically is gender fluid, and to yes. wait a very long time to address it, yes. yeah, I, I think that I think that my issue with Disney is that they're not bold enough, right? It is clear that well, they... they're not they're
1: not bold enough anymore. Let yeah. me put it that way. Because h- look at like things like Hunchback of Notre Dame, Mulan, or the original Mulan. Tarzan, Lilo and Stitch, Brother Bear. Like, Brother Bear has a really beautiful line. It's like, you know, those monsters really scare me. And Kenai's like, yeah, it's like, especially when they have those pointy sticks. Mm-hmm. That's one of my art, like, the first thing I learned as a child is discrimination. Sure. And that, I don't think it's a problem like, oh, Disney's not bold. They were bold. I have a huge TED talk about something that happened in <laughs> the mid-2010s, that something happened government-wise, and mm-hmm. it just suddenly became not profitable. And But that's not what we're talking about today. Eat barbecue while you throw a middle finger at Disney.
0: Yeah, that's (laughs)
1: Are we allowed to say that?
0: Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Like, I think think that with, like, you know, the representation side of things, I think that there can always be more. I think that things can always be bolder. Um, But I am, at the end of the day, glad that it exists, at least. Yeah.
1: And, like, oh, yeah, especially, like, when you think, like, That we didn't have a lot of representation back then, and if we did, we didn't think about it. I think it's also like something really important, and it goes with barbecue because, as someone in, if I just grew up in Texas, I would not have had exposure to Mississippi barbecue. Sure. I would not, and we are just now getting exposure to things like Korean barbecue, which you know is also called Mongolian barbecue in China. Mm -hmm. Um, So
0: those are different, no? Certainly.
1: No, they're the same. Exactly, like cooking food on coals. (laughs) Raw food, it's the same thing. Okay, roughly, the, roughly the same thing. Don't don't come at me. Crazy.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I'm sure that there's um, different styles and, and ingredients, but, it, but the stu- the sort of cooking the method, I, the yeah.
1: concept, the yeah. concept is roughly the same. Because my mom even said, "Oh yeah, we did that in China when I went to go get you," and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> um, anyway, try and tie it back together. As we are embracing different styles of barbecue, especially outside of the United States and Canada, like I think we're also embracing the idea of different foods and how that represents the people who indulge those foods and how it's prepared and etc
0: yeah I like that I think that that's a really that's a good way to look at it too right of just like as we open ourselves up we will one discover lots of great things right because I think that you know I mean it's even like you were saying like you you've known for like 10 years that you were demisexual but only Mm -hmm. really were able to actually embrace that in the past couple years and like I think that there's a lot of that in food as well where like you might not know that you like a thing for a really really long time because you don't have access to it right until right. suddenly people are talking about it and you're like oh shit i remember oh, thinking about this once and thinking this would be good this is go maybe back me. and listen
1: to finding your food and culture because this is a really good example of that
0: yeah i'm gonna include a link to uh, that episode hey. in the description of this one <laughs>
1: um,
0: a final question for you before we wrap up just because i'm noticing the time um yeah. I I really like to try and wrap these episodes up by asking my guests, what is the thing that you are most excited to eat off a grill next? Like if you you know, if you could block off a day or two from your calendar and just focus on getting that food, what would be the thing you'd want to grill next?
1: Listeners, if you can't guess what I'm about to say, which is brisket. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this one. But, you
1: know. <laughs> um but I I I say that because like what's and this is really interesting in in the um, rainbow acronym community. This is so much easier to say it this way. Than <laughs> just, so I love this. Um, is brisket's also really interesting because there's so many variations of how you uh, cook and serve brisket. Like when you go to things like Spring Creek Spring Creek Barbecue, you and I'm sure other places like Dickies and what have you, you have an option of doing marbled, which has a lot more fat in it, or bark, which is basically burnt i am a marvel person i love fat and everything it is great and and I, I, I and that's a beautiful way of like the spectrum of asexuality i some people just you know fat meat. let's say fat sex i was like you know i just don't want that much in my life or none and i'm like i want it it took a long time to get here but i want it right. and like i i say i want to cook brisket a lot because again that is the only I'm sure I've had other barbecue stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, I like this. But I'm thinking as an adult, what do I always get when I go to a barbecue place? Mm -hmm. Brisket or fajita meat. And it's because you can marinate, you can dry rub it, you can use like pineapple juice or papaya juice and like really tenderize it. Mm -hmm. And I just haven't done that on my own. Sure. I have a smoker. And... Like, and so I've gotten a smoker, and that's, the, like, the first thing I want to do is, like, I want to smoke a brisket, but it also takes eight hours, so right. I don't know when I'm going
0: to do this. <laughs> do you, yeah. I mean, are you still working from home, or are you back at the office now?
1: I work... Uh, so I've been working 50%. Okay. So every, so every other day.
0: Okay. And it switches. You so could, it, but... You could do a brisket on one of your your homework days, then. Just bring I your could. laptop outside and, and watch it uh, while you... No. No? I will die. <laughs> I will...
1: I will die. <laughs> no, I, I could. This week has just been awful, and just just to date this episode, my sister's coming into town next week, so mm-hmm. I was going to do it today, and I still might. But right. the thing is with the brisket recipe, I have because there's a lot of brisket recipes, and a lot, and they vary oh, in course. difficulty. So, yeah. Like this one is eight hours, but you have to check it like every hour or okay. so, and yeah. then like after three hours, then you let it like and it's like. I do not have time to right. prepare my house and mm. check a brisket. Sure. And not like for for the first time and I and if it, anything I have the day off on Friday. So there's a good chance <laughs> I might do it on Friday if we it will happen something i honestly forgot it was summer here because anyone who's been keeping up with the keeping up with texas weather is like keeping up with politics in a way right so and especially like i'm in dallas so dallas you know i use this example when i went to montreal mm-hmm. a few years ago i woke up one morning okay and i went to montreal in december yeah. like a week before christmas a week and a half. And it was about four to six degrees colder in Texas at 6 a.m. than it was in Montreal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So people who, like, now, that's Dallas. Houston's a bit different. Everywhere is a bit different, like, sure. sexualities in general. But uh, tech, Dallas Dallas weather is super fluctuating, and I hate it. Um, <laughs> and so we were going through rain all through May and June. Like, early June. Right. And it felt like spring. And I remember I looked at my boyfriend. I was like, "Oh gosh, it's summer, isn't it?" And then the heat kicked down. I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's definitely summer." Yeah. But the good thing about living in Texas is that we won't get cold until at the earliest November.
0: Right.
1: And it'll go till February ish, ish. <laughs> uh, I say that because that means if I don't really grill this summer, I have until November, or even then. Yeah. I can.
0: You've got a, not... a huge window of opportunity. I have
1: a huge window of. of... <laughs> And again, I'm going to link this back to what we are talking about. It's like, especially when, you know, that's the beauty of living in Texas is the scorching heat mm-hmm. um allows me to have access to this at all times. Where some people don't. Some people can, like you, you can only grill out a certain window because mm-hmm. Montreal, yeah. right? <laughs> and I think that's like how some people feel about that with their sexuality. It's like, oh, I can only really... Do this at a certain time like if my family's out of town mm-hmm. or you know or hey this anniversary means the most to me or my coming out was here it's very interesting
0: yeah I think there's definitely there's definitely something to that there's a there's a season for all things and a place for all things and uh, I think for anybody who's listening who's like listening to this and it's resonating with them that like maybe you don't feel like this is the year that you can come out uh for for various reasons whether it's family or just you know social or you know maybe you're waiting to come out until you're not in a pandemic or who knows uh know that there will be a time for that for you and know that that doesn't make your queerness any less real
1: If you if you choose not to come out either, that is fine. Like my mm-hmm. I've discovered a beautiful YouTube musical called I'm Gay. Uh, the um I've shown Tom this musical before, yeah. and one of the things that he says is like I I'm gay, but like I, but people always ask if why if he's straight, but like then they ask how come you never told me? And he's like you know I'm just past the coming out part, right. and you know, as a straight person you don't just say hey I'm straight and I'm not hitting on you. I'm just talking, like. You know, maybe you've known that you are in the Rainbow Community for a while and, like, you just don't feel like coming out. You don't have to. No one, like, yeah. you do you. That's Whatever it. is com- comfortable for you, you do it. And eat some barbecue yeah. while you're at it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like that. Kendalyn before I let you go, uh, do you have anything else you want to plug or promote? Anything you think people should check out uh, so um, that I can throw some links in the description of the episode?
1: Check out our wonderful Pride... Uh, portraits over on Natural Toonie, um, David or Bones McJones has done an amazing job capturing the sexualities of our characters um, through both campaigns, as well as our allies. Because you know, I I've, I've seen some controversial things at uh, incorporating the ally flag, but you know, we need allies. Yeah. Yeah, and they they are important to us. So um, check that out because he did a great job and it's and i am in posting these i am very pleased to see just the variety that we like the representation we have in our group in both groups
0: yeah yeah i'm uh, i've been really loving that series um so i'll make sure to include a link to the uh to the natural tuning instagram uh, for people to check that out dave did a fantastic job kendall and you've been doing a really great job promoting them and coming up with captions and also just thank you for like the initiative of making it happen in the first place—it's been a very cool project. Pride is a nice excuse to, like, you know, be a little louder about the stuff that we care about. But like, we care about this stuff year round, you know, <laughs> because it yeah. directly affects us. And even those of us in the in the show who aren't queer, you know, the the ally characters and the ally players like care about it year round because they care about the rest of us, you know.
1: Yeah, it's a safe place. Yeah, and it's just—it is just nice.
0: Yeah, I like that. If you guys want to look at many, many pictures of many, many many dice, that's at the growing dice horde on Instagram.
1: Yes. Perfect. Um, That is is not an understatement. It is growing at an alarming pace.
0: (laughs) Amazing. Well, Kendalyn, thank you again for helping me wrap up this year's LGBTQ.
1: Woo! I think this would be a great series. I love this so
0: much. It's been a lot of fun. So that's it for LGBTQ. I hope that this Pride miniseries brought you a bit of joy this year, and if you're someone who, like me, is queer and felt like there wasn't space for you in the barbecue world, I hope that this series gave you a bit of peace around that. Remember that you are loved, and that there is absolutely space on the grill for whatever you want to bring to the cookout. Thanks so much for listening to No Bad Food. Do you want to be part of the conversation? Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at NoBadFoodPod. If you like this episode and want to help us make the show even better, head to patreon.com NoBadFoodPod and donate. For as little as a dollar a month, you'd be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, and Carlea, Thomas, George Poppy, Killian, Sarah Angelica, Anne, Andrew, Laura, Chantal, and David. Patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show. So if that's exciting for you, you can head to patreon.com NoBadFoodPod and make it happen. We also have merch, and you can hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends over at Tee Public. and of course, you can support us for free by leaving a rating or review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend. Our theme music is by Zach Ingalls, our cover art is by David Flam, and you can find links to support both of them, as well as links to everything that Kendall and I talked about in the description of this episode. Last but not least, the show is produced and edited by me, Tom Zalat, and I as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. You are- It just takes The Multiverse Theory. Corgis. Queer representation. Reconciliation. Angels. Demons. Squirrels. Planned. Moose. Moose and squirrels. Sorcerers. Dinosaurs. Barbarians. Forests. Giants. Rogues. Warlocks. Plains. Sewers. Lavender. Natural Toonie. A Canadian Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Right here on the Upford Network. <laughs>
1: Hi, I'm Howard Mitnick, host of Gateway Music. Join me as I talk
0: with people about the artists and albums that changed their lives, and about the artists and albums that changed mine. Available on the Upford Network and wherever you get your podcasts.